Dear ones, I am so excited to start a new chapter of this little podcast of mine. One of my favorite things in the world is to have really great conversations with inspiring people about things I care about. You know, those conversations where you dig a little deeper. Those are the conversations that leave you so inspired to make something of yourself and to be a good person and to create an amazing life for yourself. As an artist, I am always fascinated by how other artists build their lives around their art. So, it just sort of felt natural that I should start bringing on other artists, songwriters, authors, spoken word poets, photographers, videographers, or any other creative, hardworking person who is inspiring me. I want to know what drives them what makes them push, even though it gets hard sometimes. But I also want you all to get to hear what it's like to be an artist and maybe find yourself in their words and know that everyone is on their own journey, which is the beauty in this. One subject that will come up time after time in those conversations is the problem of comparing yourself to someone else. Comparing your path to someone else's path. We have to stop doing that, because my path can't be your path, and your path can't be my path. Someone is already walking my path, and that person must be me. Anyway, I am super excited to introduce you to the very first interview episode of this podcast. The first guest I'm having on is the super talented James Walker. A singer, songwriter, producer, and multi-instrumentalist from England, but is currently based in Vienna. James has spent the last couple of years touring all over the world. He even tells us in this episode that he played over 230 shows last year. That's crazy. More than being a super talented songwriter, James also turns out to be the loveliest, kindest, most open person. And I really hope and think that that comes through in this interview. So here it is, my conversation with James Walker. Sweet! Hello, James, and welcome to hey. my podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm really great. It looks so cozy. I wish sometimes I wish people could see in the podcast like how we're having it because I always make it cozy for myself just because I want to have the vibe, and then I realize no one's gonna see this anyway. Yeah, especially down in this space. I'm in uh, for the well, those of you who can't see it, but I'm in my I'm back home visiting my parents, and my dad is an interior designer, Ooh. and he has this little little space at the bottom of our house that's where he works and makes things and so my piano's in there and so my guitars are in there now I've taken over his space for the next two months oh that's so nice so let's start there you're from the UK and you're mm-hmm. back there now but you're based in Vienna right now yeah based in Vienna I literally just moved there um mm. it's been a busy time I did a lot of shows over the last few years and I, I totally lost sense of where home was yeah um and um I think in all of that traveling, I really liked Vienna. Vienna became a space that was nearby, affordable, has a great music scene. Mm-hmm. That's I really it, liked actually. It. Really, really liked it. Yeah? Do you play a lot in Vienna now that you're there? I have not done anything recently. Oh. I think I told myself that I would take a bit of time out to, to make a new record. And um, I did over 200 shows in the last 12 months. And Whoa. So I, I've kind of got to the point where I want to have a bit of a break and 
remember who I am and, and I've got so many feelings that I've been feeling and need to figure out how to put them down and yeah. That's actually one thing I love about being an artist that you can divide your life and your year into into seasons. So I have like, you know, one season of yeah. like six months where I just record sure. and create and then it's six months on the road and then you're just drenched off the road and then you want to go and settle down somewhere. You do that for a bit and then I'm so bored of staying somewhere so I need to get out <laughs> on the road. Yeah, right. I think it's, her, it's hermit mode. Like yeah. as soon as I come back home and start writing again, it's I totally lose contact with everybody. I'm so bad so bad at sending people texts saying do you want to go for coffee or how are you doing and I end up coming out on the road again and someone's like I haven't seen you in a year I'm like I know I'm sorry yeah but you you sort of need to do that because when you're writing I find that you need to go into your own like universe and just Mm -hmm. like what do I actually want with my life and what do I have to say so are you writing for a new record right now I think so. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure. Um, so I did. I, it took me forever to write the last record that I did. It took me. I don't even want to try and put a time frame on it. But mm-hmm. there were songs that I've had around for a long time, and it came out in October last year. So it's like 14 months old, and I'm feeling a little bit of pressure to release something new because it went so well, and people started listening, and people really liked it. So I'm kind of feeling a little bit like, oh, it's been a year already. Yeah. Um, so I think it might be another record, but also I'm not so sure. Um, I've got about 15 songs that I'm oh, working on at the good. moment. But I think I'll probably end up scrapping half of them, yeah. as as always. Yeah. And um, I think I had the same process for the, the 11 that were on English Bones. I think I had about 20 songs for that, and I, I got rid of half of them. Mm. Um, maybe they just weren't. They weren't the way that I wanted to express the right thing, or maybe they didn't feel as genuine as some of the others. Um, and that's that's kind of like, that's what I'm trying to teach myself at the moment is the value of patience. And, um, you know, it's, it has been a year, but I've only now just finally started on production of the new record. So it could be another six months before anything's yeah. near, near finished. So I'm just trying to make sure I say things in the most genuine way I can and rewriting a lot of things uh, i had a recording session earlier this year in connecticut with a band called the brazen youth and a guy called matt phillips and we were living on this old <laughs> we were living on this old um 150 acre farmland which was owned by charlie the guy from the the brazen youth owned by his dad and we were out there just i had to ride a quad, a quad bike to go and uh stay in my apartment oh, the wow. old building thing and um we were staying there and writing and creating and I came out with an EP from that time but it still just exists and hasn't even been worked on since April because I've been touring so uh. it's 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 problematic but it will it will eventually come out mm-hmm. but that's my my workflow is is all over the place all the time so yeah but it is hard to stay creative while touring I find because you need to put all the energy into touring because it is a full-time like do you write when you're on the road Sometimes sometimes I get super inspired when I come back from the show at night, usually yeah. because that's when I feel so like pumped on emotions, but also a bit lonely and also like I want to go home, but I'm also so motivated and that's when I sometimes write. But usually I just feel both like 
stressed on the road, mm -hmm. but also this pressure that I really want to live up to what people think I am. And right. I make people come to a show, so I really want to make it worth it for them. So when I come home at night, I'm just like, oh, so tired. Yeah. And then the next yeah. day it's all over again. Mm -hmm. But I'm exactly the same way, especially with... I, I don't know if we're both introverts, um, but yeah, I for sure. most 100%. definitely when um, whenever I've had a show and you're putting on this persona of like, oh, hey, hi, how are you doing? It's good to see you. Yeah. Thanks for coming. And you come home and for me, I feel exhausted, but I've toured with other people who are the opposite of that. I toured oh. with Judy Blank. Judy Blank is the definition of someone who gets energy from other people. Mm -hmm. And she is always always hanging out after the show until whenever she possibly can mm -hmm. having as many conversations as she can and it's fascinating to I me i wish it was like that yeah right me too <laughs> it sounds amazing me too. <laughs> it sounds me like too. but it sounds like we're hating touring now but it is amazing but it yeah. needs to be a balance i feel yeah yeah i wrote a song called the great deceiver um which should be coming out at some point which is all about that i did a really long run with Matt Phillips, we did something like, I think we did 52 shows in 63 days. And wow. um, yeah, there was, this was on the Horizon tour, um, nice. which is a little a little run in the, the Vaden Islands in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And we went on all these pirate ship, uh, retrofitted with engines, and we went on these pirate ship boats that went over to the islands and took over the venues, and it was so much fun. Um, but on some of those days, there were, there were bands and other songwriters who were doing like three or four shows a day and like wow. so intense, so intense, but it was amazing. But at the end of that, I came home and I was the most exhausted I've ever been. Mm. Uh, I sat and I wrote whatever um, I felt, which was a song called The Great Deceiver, which is just about, yeah, well, that feeling really. Yeah. And are you recording that song now? Yeah, I, I recorded, actually, I think it might be the only one that survived the Connecticut recording session. Oh, cool. Um, I'm doing, I, I'm I'm trying to learn about production and mixing and mastering and all of this sort of thing in the process. So I, I'm mixing my own record mm -hmm. um, and producing all of this new EP um, as well. So like it's taking time, but I'm making sure that I've got the most me mix that i could get from that so oh that's cool that you're producing it yourself now that's always a control thing isn't it it is a control thing and i know like i wish <laughs> I, have you done the same or i've produced you? all my records yeah, myself right, yeah right it is a control it is totally a control thing but at the same time and it's such a it's such a gross thing to say i think if i had more money i would go and and sit with yeah. Some other people I was listening to like my my new stuff is following a totally different path. And I'm look, I'm listening a lot to a band called Porches, which is this project from this guy from New York. Um, and he does a lot of bedroom recording and then goes and gets it mixed with this amazing uh, producer. I can't think of his name now. Um, but nonetheless, like to be able to go in and say, okay, this is what I've made at home. Can I sit in with you for a month and let's mix this and do this perfectly? Like, yeah. That's what I want. Yeah, that would be the dream, wouldn't it? It, it sounds Absolutely. so easy. Like if you could do yeah. that, a record would be so easy to just mm -hmm. like, this is what I want. Can you make it happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we just jumped straight into your career, which is amazing. Uh, but let's go back a little bit. Go um, way back. 
So tell us about how you started writing songs in the first place. Like what made you pick up an wow. instrument and what made you want to express your, yourself in this way? Well, um, when I was, it was my grandma and my mom who got me into playing the piano. I think I was six. And my dad too, actually. We had a little toy plastic Yamaha thing and he was listening to some song who was it by it was by madness and he he figured out how to play it he's never played an instrument in his life and he figured out how to play it on just the you know in c major on the white notes and he said can you remember that and i was i think i was about six at the time and i played it back to him straight away and he was like oh okay (laughs) this guy you have a you have a memory you have you have a good you have a good um pattern memorizing Mm -hmm. ability so we did that a few times, and then eventually I, I, I got into playing the piano when I was, yeah, six or seven. And then I, when I was a teenager, I started listening to much heavier music. And I said to my mom, I want to learn the electric guitar. And she said, well, you have to do your exams on the piano first. And mm-hmm. so we did that, and then I got into the guitar. And then I was in a, I was in a metal band when I was in college. So cool. Um, and after that time... Um, I met a guy called Adam Barnes when I was in college. Um, and he was a friend of the singer of the band that I was in at the time. And he was also looking for a guitar player. Mm. So I said to him, Hey, I can play guitar. And I did. And that started my kind of path into session musician work really, because Adam ended up doing really, really well. Yeah. Um, He's he's quite well known here in Germany, actually. I still tour with him now. He's living in Ber- he's living in Berlin as well. Oh, is he? Maybe yeah. I should have him on the podcast. Berlin. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, he's living in Berlin now, and um, we still talk together, and we still see each other. He came down to Vienna a couple couple weeks ago for a, for a show, and I went up there to say hi. And yeah, we've known each other for ten years now, oh, wow. which is absolutely crazy. I found like all my all the friends that I have now are musicians because these mm-hmm. are the people that you like you keep in contact with for the sake of touring you know like right. i'm in your city let's hang out even if mm-hmm. we live in different countries you those are the people that are free do you enough. find do you find that that isolates you a little bit a lot. From- yeah for sure because it is especially when just like you i do everything on my own you know i produce and i tour by myself and i do everything by myself so it is like and obviously you you can work all the time if you want to if i don't work for a week just hanging out with someone oh i feel like God. i'm not doing everything i can to make this happen am i and then you start to mm-hmm. feel like Ooh. i feel i feel a, i feel a weird sense of guilt yeah for sure um and i know it's totally irrational because um a few, a few friends of mine, also, also in music though. I guess that's right. That's true. <laughs> um, a, few, a few friends of mine have said, like, you're the hardest working person I know. Like, you need to stop. You need to relax. Take more time for yourself. And um, it's true. But then I feel like pressure. Or, but yeah, guilt is a kind of a weird feeling. But it's, it's true. It's, it's like a. I should have done that or I could have done that today, but I didn't. I, instead, I chose to go on Reddit. Or yeah. 
<laughs> Reddit. I've never actually been hanging on Reddit. But uh, I, I also find that when I do take the time to do something completely outside of music, that's when I always come back with new things that I want to tell about, you know, and that's when I find new ideas for yeah. how I want to do things. It's just so yeah. hard to get there. Yeah, and it's it's allowing yourself to get into that position too. This summer I, I took a road trip um, with someone I was dating at the time and it was a beautiful time and we got to see a lot of the world and travel around and eventually things didn't work out and that's totally okay. We're both fine with that. But that experience has led to a lot of new concepts because you were surrounded by people that you think you know and you're surrounded by new people in new cities and, you know, there are so many nice moments in that trip but also so many emotional moments in that trip and so many um experiences to draw upon so that this is something that has led to me thinking a lot more about what to put in the new record um but also I, i'm i'm focusing a lot on i'm a people watcher i'm such i'm such a people watcher i was sat in a cafe in north carolina in the spring and um there was a man outside who was wearing it was so hot it was like 38 and he came every day to this cafe and would sit outside in the one table that had no sun protection and he'd sit in a string vest and short shorts and he obviously had no sun protection on <laughs> and he was blistered all up his arms oh. and bright red and all up his face and he was chain smoking american spirit cigarettes and he was reading a different philosophy book every day that he came and I just thought, who the hell are you? I, I, I need to know your story. I need to know who you are. And I didn't speak to him because I'm too shy. But I, I wrote a song about him from watching him through the window, which is kind of creepy, cool. I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> No, that's the best. I love that when you, when you see someone and you like build up a story about them. You know? It's like, probably no, it's nowhere near right. No, <laughs> no it's, it's probably better to not actually know who they are because it would not be as exciting as what you make them up to be. Yeah, maybe they'd be offended that I've been judging them so much. <laughs> <you know>? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, for the listeners who might never have heard of, of Most your, of them your name before, <laughs> no, I think that we have actually quite an overlap of our fans. But, but for the new ones, if you could um, mention a few bands or artists that you would like to be associated with, or, that you like, this is someone that I would love to share the stage with wow. who would you someone that? i would love to share the stage with mm, i'm listening to make people excited to check you out i am such a big noah gunderson fan at the moment i'm loving Me i'm too. loving noah gunderson i think he's a great great writer and um I, yeah but that's that's putting it too similar in the similar ballpark I, i'm a yeah but that's good though okay. that's good i would say that too i would say that's where you where you fit. Yeah, but I think the new record that I'm working on is more like Porches and Blood Orange and oh, cool. Jordan Riquet and Tom Meesh and like this kind of more electronic stroke R&B stroke jazz influenced stuff that is kind of I think it's the music that I've always wanted to make but I've never really had the the belief in myself to go and do so I it's kind of moving away from that um Singer, singer songwriter, sad boy behind a guitar vibe 
to maybe just sing a songwriter sad boy behind a laptop but <laughs> it could be could be along that i'm a really big fan of kevin garrett at the moment i oh, think me I too think love kevin garrett oh my so gosh good. I was in London uh, recording some new songs and I had like a playlist of 12 of his songs. I'm like, this is what I want my record to sound yeah. like. <laughs> Only his yeah, stuff. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, Kevin Garrett, Bruno Major, all of these kind of like mm. English, very, very good songwriters. But I've been listening to like a lot of Moses Sumney and um, yeah, um, revisiting a lot of Erica Badu. Oh, yeah. Um, I was recording with uh, Josephine Svan, who is uh, a yeah. Dutch Ghanaian woman, and she kind of opened my eyes to producing. Um, I sat in her studio and produced the remix to my song Next to Me, and I got her to do do a vocal on it. That was fun. Tell us about that. I want I want to ask about that. So Next to Me is a song from your from your last record, but yeah. you have released a, a new version of it together mm -hmm. with her, right? So this was like the first dive into that new way of thinking a new way of producing a new way of writing um and like using samples and um designing sounds and things like that and so i took the stems from the original recording and pitch shifted i think it's a semitone higher it might not have been i can't remember um and definitely sped up the track and i'd heard that josephine had been singing this song anyway We had done a tour back in January together and I had a chest infection that made me lose my voice. And in the tour, I asked if she could come and uh, sing one of my songs just to say that, oh, I'm still a writer. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> she sung she sung next to me and I played the piano for her and she sung it so much better than I ever could have sung it. It's like I wrote the song for her. Um, and so I thought, well, one day when I have time, we'll sit in the studio together and maybe we'll record an acoustic version of it. And like, maybe you can release it. And then she said, well, all of my songs are in Dutch, so it doesn't make any sense to just release one song that's not even my own in English, but maybe we can do something together on it. So I thought, okay, let's spend some time. And I, I, I did a remix and, and put her vocal in, in the second verse and we built up this acapella section and like it was fun it was such a fun session i was there for i think i i slept on her studio floor on a blow-up mattress for like a week and um didn't really eat much or shower much yeah. but um that's so cool that's way. amazing it's a it's a beautiful song i love that song Thanks. so much do you write your songs by yourself or do you co-write co your songs mostly me um yeah especially things like next to me that was just <laughs> it was just written on the piano and I've still got the demo on my phone and it sounds so bad <laughs> but they um, always do don't they That's oh it's the, the worst thing ever <laughs> it's the worst I think I feel like every time I, I start to get ahead of myself in my brain like oh yeah this this is sounding great I go back and I listen to the first demo to see like <laughs> oh oh that's how it could have ended up yeah. um but no I mostly mostly just me um I co-wrote a couple songs on my record with Judy Blank who's another amazing songwriter she's doing she's doing really well as well she's just blown up recently and like elton john was tweeting about her the other day oh, wow. and like it's Crazy. mad it's absolutely mad she's she's incredible and um, I, i i do not exaggerate when i i say i think she'll be a household name in five years oh amazing she is so good and um i was such so privileged to have just bumped into her and met her a few years ago at a show and um i'm a real big fan 
So yeah, I did a couple co-writes with her. There's a new song that we wrote together that I haven't really figured out yet as well. Um, but it's yeah, mostly mostly me. Okay. And when you're touring, do you tour acoustically by yourself, or do you have a band with you? I have never toured with a band. I had I had a band come in and record the record, um, and that. But was you fun. you can play almost all instruments, though, right? I can. Why do you I can. Play I'm, I can play guitar and piano and sing, and I can drum okay, but not very well at all. Um, but mostly, ah, it it's easier to tour by yourself, and I'm sure you know this. And it's such a, it, again, it's such a shitty thing to say, but financially it makes so much yeah. more sense to tour alone. It's so expensive to bring a band. It's Crazy. so expensive to bring a band. And, you know, it, it's going to make sense. I think when I do this new record, I'm probably going to do big uh, full band shows for the launch. I might do like a launch tour and do Vienna, Berlin, London, Amsterdam, kind of your major cities, maybe Copenhagen. Um, but it's it feels too far away to even think about doing that yet because I've... Mm. Um, there's, yeah, there's potential connections that I need to explore when I go back to Austria. And, um, there are some things on the table that I'm really excited about. So we have to, have to get through all of that before I can think about releasing anything yet. Um, but it's, I think touring with a band is something I would love to do. Um, but it was going to have to come later on. It's going to have to come when more people are coming. And, um, the, some of the sales for this tour were great as well. I think we had, um, about 110 came to Utrecht, 100 came to Graz, and like turnout like that is awesome. But it's, I say this in quotes, it's only 100 people. It doesn't justify having a five or six piece band on stage quite yet. Um, and a lot of the venues that I play, and I'm sure, I hope it's the same for you too, are like these sit down, quiet, intimate, lovely spaces. And it, especially with the direction that this is going in, like it's going to have to be a venue shift as well as a, a kind of like project shift. I had thought about releasing this under a new project name, but, but at the same time, I feel like it's the most me record that I've done. So I'm going to release it under mine. So. Okay. That's interesting. So do you have a, do you have a booking agency that you work with or do you book your shows on your own? Uh, Kind of. Yes. Yes. And no, really. Um, I mostly do it myself, but I also have done a lot of shows over the years. So I've got friends who run agencies and venues and things that I just kind of will email and say, Hey man, what are you, what are you doing on Friday the 10th? And they're like, Oh, you want to play? I'm like, yeah, please. Oh, that's <laughs> um, really nice. So Connections, I, eh? <laughs> yeah. But it's only because I've done the whole grind with Adam. Like, yeah. Touring with Adam was something that introduced me to a lot of people because we've been doing it for so many years now. And like, yeah, I think I've been touring with him for about eight years. Oh, wow. So to keep doing that and meeting the same people time and time again has like opened a few doors for me. Um, Especially like, I don't know, hanging out afterwards and having a few drinks and having a chat and being like, oh, I make music as well. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to what I do. It's such an ego stroke. It's the worst. I hate it, but it's true. You've got to do it. Um, But I think that's helped a lot. And also house concerts. Oh, my God. How has your experience of house concerts been? Where have you played? The last two, three years, I've almost only done house concerts because that's what, like, really creates the like the intimacy that I want and that's when people really pay attention and keep in contact and you know 
that's also how I can I can find so many new people to like my music because they invite their friends and it's also so much more financially you know absolutely hundred percent hundred percent and you're I mean but also you're so much better than me at social media and like keeping oh, up to date I have no date. life I have no real <laughs> friends so <laughs> just keeping up to date and posting <laughs> everything and like engaging with your following and like yeah. You are good. You are you are good. And Thanks. I am not any good at that at all. You and so, are. You no. are. You have a following too on, on social media. Because you've been touring so much. So obviously right. people know your name. It's I think it's just about they need to just oh, I found I found you on Instagram, but I already know who you are now, you know? It's right. just you have have to constantly tell people, I am on Instagram, come follow me. <laughs> You know, you have to just love yourself a lot to make people (laughs) come into your world. It's crazy. And the the thing that the thing that like hurts my brain a little bit is having to do that. Like I, I don't often feel that about myself and I kind of use music as a way of expressing that kind of negative energy. Sometimes I kind of use it as a cleansing tool and, um, Especially, especially the first two records that I've done have been very like, woe is me a little bit and a little bit delving into that, that really dark, um, brutal side of the way that I feel about myself. And, um, so to, to then release a record that's all about that kind of neggy introspection and then be like, oh, hey, check out my Spotify. <laughs> it doesn't make no, any sense to me. of course you have to, because, <laughs> you know, I think that you have to, you have to think that there are people out there who really want to find you. Like they would yeah. love what you're doing. So it's sort of like you're just serving them by reaching out to them. Right. Because that's what I feel, you know, with the bands that I really love that have helped me so much as just a person. When I like stumbled upon, uh, even if it was just a Facebook ad, I was like so yeah. grateful that they did that because now I found them and I love their music and I'm so grateful I right. can buy a record. Yeah. You know, you have to see it as you're actually creating something that will help people. You just need to make them aware of it. Yeah, I think all, all I can really do is just hope that if someone finds my music through, yeah, through ads or whatever, if someone finds out what I do, that it reaches them in a way that, I don't know, either helps them or makes them feel things that I felt with so many bands that I've listened to before and... Um, I just hope that, yeah, I hope that my music can be genuine enough that that people can understand where it came from and and can put that into their own little compartment. It already is. It already is. Thanks. So um, when you, as an artist, I know myself, that it's so easy to fall into uh, self-doubt and you start feeling oh like why am I God. even doing yeah. this I'm never gonna make it no one cares you know oh, this is every day <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually <laughs> this is this is my default state yeah what, what do you do then to like dig yourself out of that and keep keep the fire going to keep making a new record and keep touring like what what keeps you going like what keeps you doing this truthfully truthfully half the time I don't know um I I honestly couldn't say to you oh, it's this part about being a musician that makes me want to do it. I just feel like it's an identity that has been there for me forever. I feel like it's something that I've been doing for all of my life. And it's something, it's like the only thing that I'm okay at. I'm not good at many other things. I'm not very good at math. I'm not very good at learning. I'm not incredibly good at remembering facts or statistics or um, doing anything for anyone else. I feel, I feel like my 
predetermined path from the way that I was brought up and the people that have been around all of my life and um, the personality type that I must be um, has kind of put me on, on this path. And there are so many days where I wake up and I listen back to my demos that I'm working on at the moment or I listen back to my old phone voice memo notes to try and work on some new things and I think I shouldn't even be doing this I shouldn't even be trying to make music what are you doing like you listen to you and then compare yourself to all the people that you're inspired by you're nowhere near as good as them and that's like a daily battle is to ignore that um but it's still there like I feel like sometimes I'm doing it just to spite myself (laughs) and just be like ah come on man like and then the other thing is is the constant self-comparison that's the hardest part is you do something and you write something and you think it's great and you might take a little video of it and like contemplate for like three days putting it on Instagram and then you put it up and you see that a friend of yours has put up a similar thing and it's got four times the views or you like post you post something I was thinking about posting like oh thanks for x amount of streams on my Spotify and then I saw that a friend of mine had posted oh thanks for a million streams on my record and it's like (laughs) and it's it's like yeah I know it's like it, it just it just like social media like what I would really want I think what would combat that feeling is a social media manager. If somebody, if somebody, if I could pay someone, this is an open invite to anyone on your podcast. <laughs> I'll give you ten percent of my digital earnings if you did my social media management. <laughs> I can do it. I um, volunteer. Oh, it's so gross. I've been looking for ages for someone who's like got experience who I can just text photos to and be like can you please post this for me like i i don't want to have the apps on my phone i don't want to i want to take a total detox from other avenues i I think self-comparison is is the devil for creatives and um so the the hardest thing for me is is ignoring that and the i don't think there's a way that i do that i think sometimes i get so far up into my own head that i just turn my phone off for a few days and, and disappear into this recording space and don't see the light of day for a while, but it's not a healthy way to live. I'm not advocating anybody to do what I do. I don't think it's a good way to write songs or, um, a good way, a good way to be. Um, but it, it comes and goes like it totally changes. It's a seasonal thing as well. And I know that when I go back to Vienna, it's going to be like minus 18. So yeah. I'm going to be staying inside all day. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm going to be staying inside all day and writing, but yeah, I, th- I think that, I don't think there's anything specific that I do to try and convince myself that this is the right thing. I, I'm, I'm privileged that people have started listening to what I do and people are interested in what I do. Um, especially, um, I've been especially privileged with, um, support from channels like Alex Rainbird on YouTube and Spotify has done some nice things for me and, and all of my friends that I've produced with and created with and written with. But at the same time, like none of that really stops the doubt that you have. Mm-hmm. Like, I think yeah. I could have 10 million streams on my Spotify and I could, I could still listen back to that song and go, ah, oh, that's shit. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's, I think that's a, I think that's a forever thing unless you work on that. And like, mm. yeah. I don't know, are you yeah. in, I, like, but you're so positive. Like I've seen your, I've seen your social <laughs> posts and like, I've seen, you're always, I'm trying. Just, you're, but, you're, you're good though. You're proactive about it. Yeah. But you know, cause I, I, I also, you know, that's the thing with social media too. You only post the things you want people Highlight to know, real. you know, like in between those posts, I'm like lying on the floor crying because I don't know what to do with myself. And then I'm like, 
everything is great on Twitter. But what I have found a lot of comfort <laughs> in, because for me, the biggest, the biggest thing when I doubted myself so much was when I had been, I felt like I had been hustling and fighting so hard, you know, for almost 10 years now. And then there are friends I see who just like, oh, you know what, I'm going to try to make a record. And suddenly they are signed and I'm big tours and like, you didn't even fight for it, you know? Absolutely. But what I find comforting is thinking that there is a different path for me. Like there is a, yeah. a different path I'm supposed to go down. Like that highway is just not meant for me. So I need to just embrace my path. And yeah. It, you know, I'm still independent, so I can embrace all the things that an independent artist can do, like starting a podcast or like yep. writing books or doing house concerts. I think the highway artists can't do things that we can do. We can't do what they can do, but we just need to embrace what's given to us. Absolutely. And, and, and not harbor any feelings of resentment towards them because there's no point. It's such no. a waste of energy. Yeah, and, uh, for sure. But also to be able to look at where you're at and go, actually, there are many musicians who see us as the successful ones. There are many people who are just starting out who are like, wow, you, you can go on tour. You can go and do this. You can write songs and perform them to audiences in foreign countries. And like people are buying your CDs. Like I think other people look at that from the other side and see us as the people that are in a better position than them. And I've met so many musicians like that over my time as well, who are like, Oh, you're English or what are you doing in America? How are you doing this? This is amazing. And then they like, Oh, you've got that many monthly listeners on Spotify. And I'm like, it's, in my head, I'm like, it's none, it's none, it's yeah. nothing. And then, but like, <laughs> it's the other side is the other side is, is just as true for every, every step that we've taken is a step that another artist who perhaps hasn't spent as much time on their craft or perhaps isn't as well connected or is friends with the right people that, that we can be. Um, we have a lot of privilege too. And I think that that's where a lot of my comfort comes from is knowing that even though I feel like I'm behind a lot of my friends, it's still my thing that I've achieved. I've achieved this. I've made this. I've made this record. And like the other thing that, that makes me feel justified is when people reach out and they're like, hey, I heard this song and it really did this for me. And I felt like I connected to you. And like things like that make me feel like, oh, well, the art isn't for me anymore. It's, it's gone. It's out of my hands. The, the child has left the house. It's a teenager. It's somewhere in the, somewhere in the forest. I don't know. Um, and that's, that's an important thing is, is hearing other people's experience of my creation. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think I've, I think I'm kind of going further into a path now of not really caring as much about that. I think I've gone past the point of I think, yeah, I think my early 20s were just consistently trying to prove myself to myself <laughs> because of touring with people like Adam and because of seeing other people having great success. And I always thought, well, I've got to be as good as that. I've got to justify myself. And I think I spent a lot of time touring and running away from the fact that actually I should have just spent a bit more time introspecting and a bit more time learning um, and I've, I've done that now and I just have, I'm just a bit tired. I'm just a bit tired of all the people that have, um, 
I don't know. I'm just a bit tired of people at the moment. I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's good you have your recording cave then. <laughs> right, absolutely. It's, it's, it's such a cave. That's the yeah. right term for it. It's a recording cave. So I'm hiding away a little bit and yeah. uh, just recharge, recharging and getting the artistic energy restarted. And I, I'm, I'm kind of approaching this and this is something that I, I'm curious about your, your next thing too. I'm approaching this production side from something that's yeah it's it's not it's not thinking about what other people are going to think about the art anymore i'm sitting and i'm going okay you know what i want to use this weird synth sound here i'm gonna do that i'm gonna stack my vocal i'm gonna do i'm gonna do six vocal harmonies over this line (laughs) for no reason at all i'm gonna run this vocal through a tape and saturate the hell out of it and see what comes back and like messing around with pitch shift and vocoders and like just having having fun like creating music again and i like the new bonnie Vare record a lot too i love it love <laughs> it so much but that's the cool thing with him that you know it, it's so out there like there's yeah. nothing that sounds like him but it, it sounds so right you know it's like when he released that record i was like this is really weird but it's exactly as it should be you know because mm-hmm. it feels like he, he really just like I'm not going to try to make a pop record, but that record yeah. is like a, a pop record, you know, Absolutely. it's as popular as a pop record, Absolutely. which is super cool. I think it's the most genuine expression that he had at that time. And that's what I like about it. I think that it really must embody for him. And I like, I like the vagueness of his lyrics. I like how they can be read in any way. Um, I think it's, I think it's a very, very cool way of writing music and the production's amazing. Yeah production is so good like, yeah. it just blows my mind but um, I think I think that goes hand in hand with, with what you said about uh, when when I was younger I also tried to like my drive was to prove to people that I could do this like I wanted yeah. to prove to everyone that I'm good enough and so I tried to make my record sound like uh, you know the artist that I wanted to be seen with but I think as you grow up I more and more realized you know that um no one really cares, you know, like no one cares about you as much as you care about you. So if I'm going to make this my life, I need to do something that makes me feel excited to wake up every morning. And Mm -hmm. the only thing to do that is to make genuine music that, that you are excited to create, you know? And so like, for me, the, the thing that I do love is to write songs. And so I don't care if this is the market that I'm supposed to be in or if it if there is a place in the market for it even like I just love writing the song and I'm going to record it as I want to and I hope that my fans will like it too you know yeah. like you just have to stop caring about proving to people that you can do something cuz yeah they don't care <laughs> yeah like that, they genuinely don't care <laughs> yeah but that but this that's a, that's a liberating realization though yeah it is that's quite a freeing sure. that's quite a freeing belief to have Hmm. and that has yeah that's something that has only recently been kind of unveiled to me um in the healing process from yeah from this relationship and um taking a lot of time by myself and having to pick myself back up and going hey i'm the only person that really gives a shit about what i'm doing right now in the world like of course my family are there but they're not there on my career and my friends are there, but I never see them because I'm always away. And yeah, so that, like having to pick yourself back up and realize, okay, where do we go from here? Because 
after all, it is still just you by yourself. No matter what happens, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, it's always just you by yourself. And I think that, that again, has led me to like create, especially in the last couple of months, music that has, yeah, not necessarily been so influenced by what my expectation of myself is, but rather music that just kind of fits into how I feel and how I feel like I want to express the world that I live in. Um, and that has just coincidentally happened to be through a lot of like <laughs> synthwave samples and <laughs> lots of eighties vibes. And I feel like wearing shoulder pads and makeup a bit more, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's beautiful. That's because you, you can't stagnate either. You have to push yourself to keep it exciting for yourself. I think. Yeah. Sure. How about you? What are you recording now? Yes. You write and you, yeah. you are. I'm, I'm, I'm recording. I have the songs finished and I have all the sort of demo recordings finished. So now I'm just trying to uh, produce and record them. Did you do um, a Kickstarter? So I have done pledge music campaigns for mm. my last two, my last two full-length albums and a different EP last year too. So what was your experience of that? Cause I love, I okay. love pledge music so much, you know, because I was the sort of artist who I released my first EP like 10 years ago. And I thought, okay, for next EP, I'm going to have a big record deal and everyone's going to help me out. And that didn't happen. So I was like, okay, I release another EP, but for the next EP, I'm going to have a big team of people helping me. So like 10 years later, I released, you know, endless of songs and I still have no team <laughs> so <sighs> at some point I thought okay I'm just gonna embrace the fan base that I have yep. and I'm gonna create this together with them so what I love about pledge music is that I think if I just put out a record and said hey fans listen to this they would be like yeah cool I like it but if I say hey let's create it together I will shape it together with you you're involved in the process you are funding it so you are a part of this that I'm creating they feel a more like they are a part of it and they take pride in it and they share yeah. it with their friends and they are excited to see what comes out of it you know and it's actually more fulfilling for me too then because I don't feel so alone in in doing it did that affect your launch plan did that affect the way that you would release the record a little bit because especially now um, and I'm rethinking this for the next record then, because when I really, when I did it the first time, Spotify wasn't that big of a thing. People were still buying records a lot. Yeah. Well, now, obviously, the most important thing is to get Spotify plays. Mm -hmm. And so the hard thing is that the reward on pledge is usually the record to people, which means that right. they don't have to go to Spotify to stream it because they have it in their hands. So you have to sort of be creative with how you release it and still motivating people to go and stream it and help you yeah. out in that way. But otherwise, uh, it's just positive, literally s yeah. just positive. Okay. It takes a lot of work, it. though. It takes a lot of work because usually you, you run the campaign for 40 days, which is super intense because okay. you have to like create updates and you have to do all these things. And then you have probably, you know, depending on how, how big your following is, but uh, two, three, five hundred orders you need to pack and yeah. send out by yourself, usually, if you don't have a team to help mm -hmm. you out. And usually that is with a deadline because you have to fulfill all the orders by a deadline. So it's like, you know, it's d definitely two, three months of full time work. That's the that's the goal. That, like, that's the thing. But I mean, 
but it's worth it because you get the funding that you need. Mm. Um, and so I was thinking about, I was thinking about doing one to raise funds to mix this record with someone like the person who did porch's record or something similar and Mm. be able to have all of these recordings mixed like in house with me, like to be able to go and sit with someone who I respect and work and make these songs the best sounds that they possibly could be. But it's a long process. And, you know, most studios that I'm looking at are yeah, between three and five or six hundred a day. And I'm talking about being there for weeks at a time. And it's yeah. to be able to do that is it's possible if I save, <laughs> yeah. but we're talking about releasing a record in years time then. And unfortunately, like I, I, that's just not how it works. I don't yeah. think so. The hard thing I find is that it's just pre-ordering. Yeah, it is. Too. But, but the hard thing I find with motivating is spending so much money on creating a record is that it's not the record you make any money off, you know, like Absolutely. you're never going to make this money back. And that's the hard part to like, myself motivate spending that much money on mixing when I know that it's not the, yep. the song that's going to give I me spent, anything back. I spent probably close to 10,000 on English Burns total yeah, yeah, on PR sure. and the production and all of that stuff. And it's crazy. It's crazy how much things cost these days and it's crazy. But it, but at the same time, it's other people's work time, you know? Yeah, it so is. So it kind of does make sense. And but being labelless, like you said, being independent is um, that's one of the bullets that we have to face. And that's one of the things that we have to deal with. But at the same time, we get to keep that autonomy and we get to keep that ability to go on tour wherever we would like to and meet people whenever we'd like to. And I think that's important. That's an important thing to keep hold of. Yeah, um, sure. But yeah, I, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens down the line for yeah. sure on that Exciting front. times. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Okay, we've been chatting for almost 50 minutes. Uh, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. I have three uh, more questions that I Go. will ask every guest that I have on. Um, so the first one is, if you could say anything to 18-year-old you, what would it be? <laughs> oh, my God. One piece of advice. One. The, the easiest question. <laughs> one. This is the hardest question. This is the this is the hardest one of them all. If you could um, like hug eighteen year old you and say, "Hey, look." There was certain no. I mean, I would have to be like, "Hey, man, you're gonna go through another lot of open heart surgery. You are gonna have a lot of people dying around you, and things are gonna get very hard. Like between eighteen and twenty five, crazy hard years. Um, like I." would try and tell 18 year old James to enjoy being 18 and not care about what other people think about him and not regret any of the stupid decisions that he made. And, you know, I I think that 18 year old me was even more trying to prove himself to himself than 22 year old me. And I was probably a bit of a butthole to many people at that time in my life. So I probably, Uh, yeah I think so (laughs) yeah I think so but I think my I would love to be able to go back and say hey it's nearly 10 years from from now and we're fine things are going okay you live in a place that you like and you have friends that you care for and your family is still here and music is still fun and you have 
your hair hasn't started receding yet, but you have got wrinkles on your forehead, but it's okay. <laughs> um, but on the most part, it, I would just, I would, I would have loved, I see a lot of people that are that age who are very secure and very well-rounded people in good careers, especially in music too. And I see a lot of people who are settled, more settled at 18 than I am now at 26. And I wish that I could go back to that person who I was then and say, and, and teach him, not even say something, but teach him the value of, I don't know, calmness and stillness. And, um, but you can't, you have to, you have to. Yeah. That's a good advice though. Okay. The next question if you could recommend one single song in the universe that people should go and listen to, which one? <laughs> oh, <laughs> what are you doing? This is so mean. Can I look through my Spotify really quickly? Yeah, please do. Because nothing is going to jump out to me straight away. Okay. Because otherwise that's going to be... So this is the most important answer and you can never change this. Oh, no pressure then. <laughs> it's going to live with you forever. No, that's so cool. <laughs> what, but does that mean I can go ridiculous with that then? No. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Go crazy. No, I, I can't, I can't. I would say the Pokemon song. You would say the Pokemon song? I think so. It's the one song. If aliens came to Earth, <sighs> if so aliens came to it's Earth, so you, would, you, would, you would say, listen to the Pokemon song. Maybe. Or, or something by Hanson. Pokemon okay, I mean, if, if you're going down that route, then it's going <laughs> to... It's going to be No Letting Go by Wayne Wonder. Oh, okay. That's a that good is, one, though. That is a banger. Like, if you're going down the, the cheese route, it's, <laughs> it's No Letting Go. I wonder, like, that's, a, that's, that's the most bedroom recording song I've ever heard. And I wonder <laughs> if he knew that he was making a classic when he was recording those vocals in his bedroom. And that was Have you seen the video? Have you seen, seen no, the video? I haven't. It's like him and his wife on the beach. It's the funniest thing. It's so good. It's like the most early 2000s thing I've ever seen is so 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 good oh, so great I'm gonna I'm gonna look at that I'll link for the listeners I'm gonna link <laughs> everything in the show notes so everyone can just go and click and listen to this if you could recommend recommend mm. anything to our okay. listeners to check out it can be you know a, an app a movie food a city like one thing that you think everyone should just get on what would it be <laughs> a hobby, a color. <sighs> Anything to anyone. Mm -hmm. Well, I, but I imagine that all of the people that listen to this are probably already in some way into music, and in some way into performing. But I would recommend. I I truly would recommend everybody to perform. I think it's such a changing experience. And I remember my first performance, like fifteen in my band, like on stage. But I think that everybody who, um. I've spoken to a few people at shows that I've done, especially at house concerts, and people have said, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish that I could perform. I wish that I could stand on stage and sing songs. And you can. <laughs> Anyone can. And I think that is such a transformative thing. Um, and so, I think, yeah, I think it's a transformative thing to, to do, and it changes your perspective of your own value and of the value of the art that you're creating or singing about. And I think it's, it's an important step in a lot of people's development as an artist. So I'd say go out and perform. If you haven't, go to an open mic. Yeah. If you're doing comedy, go to an open mic. If you're doing 
painting, I don't know, you can't really perform with painting. Can you like could. put it out in a gallery? Or Correct. Ask. But yeah, show, show people your art. Be emotionally open. Be intentional. I think that's an important thing. That's beautiful. I love that. Thanks. All right. Before I let you go, uh, tell us where we can connect with you online, social media, website, and also share if you have any shows coming up that we can go and uh, yeah. say hi. Um, I, um, yeah, Spotify is is where... Well, actually, no, I'm on, I'm on everything. So I, I always try and point people in the direction of my Spotify, but I'm on Apple Music and Tidal and all of that stuff. Um, but I'm mostly on social media slash James Walker music. Um, there is an oboe player who is sitting on James Walker music on Instagram who has never posted anything. So there's James Walker music with underscores in there. Um, I'm doing some local shows in, in Reading in the UK over the next couple months, just while I'm home, just trying out some new material, but I can't imagine that anyone is going to be from around there. Um, but my next tour is going to be in May and June with Matt Phillips. And that's going to be in Austria and Germany and up to Copenhagen and the Netherlands and the UK again. So it's another European run. Um, dates will probably come out in February or March when everything's all fully put together and posters are ready and all that rubbish but um i'll be around playing more sad boy folk songs <laughs> in uh in many cities maybe this time with since who knows uh, beautiful thanks thank you so thanks much for, for, for being on my podcast anytime thanks so much for having me in thank you that's it my friends I really hope you enjoyed it and I truly hope you enjoy this new format for my podcast. I am super excited about all the guests I want to bring on. This gives me a great reason to reach out to people I look up to and that inspire me. I already have a few amazing guests lined up that I'm going to interview the coming weeks and I'm gonna try to keep releasing one new podcast every third week. Before I let you go, I should remind you that my new release, Nine Crimes, is out everywhere now. This is the second cover release from my new cover CP that I'm currently releasing. I am so excited about this project and the feedback so far has been really amazing. So please go check it out and thank you so much for listening to my podcast. Love, love. <laughs>